This is Talk of the Town. I'm Bob Cudmore on Magic 590, also heard on 100.5 FM. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. We begin with constituent questions. The first one, mayor, a person writes, I want to be able to drive a taxi for a taxi cab company in Albany. Can I just use my regular driver's license? No, you cannot. Uh, you need a Class E license from the Department of Motor Vehicles. You can start the process by contacting the city clerk's office because you also have to be uh, reviewed by the city and be, be given permission to drive a taxi in the city of Albany. So if that individual goes to the city clerk's office, they can get the application and get the, pro- the process started. Okay. Question number two. A constituent says, I have an old television, old TV I've wanted to dump for some time. My neighbor tells me I can't leave it on the curb. Is this true? And if so, how do I get rid of it? Yes, it is true. The uh, televisions we know contain some hazardous material, and there are new state laws requiring that we dispose of them in a very specific way. You can drop the television off out at the Department of General Services, which is on Connors Boulevard. It's near Huck Vince. Uh, you should be able to find signs to get it there. We also have a hazardous waste collection day where you can drop it off at Rap Road. Uh, the next one is scheduled for October 20th from 4 to 7. You do have to register for that, so just keep an eye out for it. But we also uh, held an event in a couple of different places in the city where we took electronics. We do do that from time to time. Okay. Well, let's uh, turn to the news. Uh, lots of political news. There were uh, some primary elections this week. A city court Democratic primary in Albany apparently uh, still up in the air somewhat because of the absentee uh, ballot count. Joshua Farrell had a lead over James Long, but they have to count absentee uh, ballots. What's your take on uh, this race? Well, it's too close to call, so <laughs> okay. uh, we'll await uh, that uh, the counting of those absentee ballots. And, um, you know, I think that we have two really highly qualified candidates to be city court judge. And there will be other openings for city court, and you're going to have to appoint interim judges, right? That's right, and I'll be announcing very soon the process that I'm going to be using to fill the other two positions that are going to be open. Also, on the political scene nationally, we have the presidential race, of course, Clinton versus Trump. And uh, this week, uh, at least early on in the week, the news is dominated by uh, Hillary Clinton having pneumonia and not telling people about it in a timely way. Well, I think like a lot of people who are ill, you know, Senator Schumer actually then later announced that he too had pneumonia is uh, our desire to power through and feel like uh, notwithstanding what the doctor tells us, we can get through things. But I was uh, actually this week at Hillary uh, campaign headquarters in New York City with mayors from across the country, uh, Democratic mayors from across the country talking about these final days of the campaign and the fact that we have a candidate who is just right on all of the issues um, and is out there, get, going to be getting back out there campaigning and uh, moving forward with an agenda that I think is the agenda that we need here in, in the country. Well, just uh, two more points. One probably silly, but uh, now that Schumer announced he had pneumonia, is this going to become the official Democratic disease? <laughs> you all will be getting pneumonia or something like well, that? Well, you know, I don't want to make light of it because no, pneumonia can, can be, be very, very serious for certain people. But I do think that when you uh, are in a, 
the type of jobs that we have, even at the local level, uh, there are expectations that people have, and we don't want to let people down. I don't want to not go. I had a really bad head cold this weekend, uh, but I didn't want to miss many of the events that I had committed to going to, so we tend to just power through. And I think that we really have to stay focused on the real issues that exist and the the real issues and, and listen to the real issues that people are concerned about in this country. The other point, I mean, Donald Trump seems to be doing really well. I mean, well, in the polls and so forth. You know, I think that we have to really, again, focus on the qualifications for president. And when the there was been much made of the statement that Hillary made about uh, deplorables, yeah. uh, you know, she's apologized for making such a broad statement about half of, of Trump's supporters. I think it's important to focus on the other part of that statement that she made, which is that many, many, many Trump supporters are people who are just frustrated. They're scared. They're looking for change. The economy isn't working for them. And when you look at Hillary's plans, she has plans to help average working families with respect to childcare, with respect to affordable college, with respect to the creation of new jobs. And so that's really what we need to stay focused on. And yes, I think we have to call out deplorable behavior. I think that it is ridiculous that we, in the name of you know what uh, Donald Trump describes as political correctness, is saying that blatant bigotry and hateful language is okay. It's not okay. And it hurts people. It hurts people who are disabled, who are African-American, who are Muslim, who are women, all who have been disparaged uh, by Trump and his supporters. And I do think that that needs to be in people's front of mind as they consider who will be the next president of our country. This is Talk of the Town with Albany Mayor Kathy Sheehan. Uh, the Vietnam traveling wall uh, by now is in uh, the city of Albany, Washington Park. Uh, and I know it first came up uh, to uh, Fulton Montgomery Community College um, in uh, the area I'm familiar with in the Mohawk Valley. And it's a very moving experience for people. It is. I know it spent some time in Springfield as well. I have to give a shout out to the Vietnam veterans in in Albany and in the Capital Region who just do an amazing job and who are really tireless in the work that they do and the volunteering that they do. Uh, but it's wonderful to have this here. I think the last time it was here was 28 years ago. Um, and it is really, I think, an opportunity for people to come out. Um, it can be viewed, the, the names of the um, members, of the, of the people on the wall, members, what's, that's a misspeaking there, the people who gave the ultimate sacrifice um, will be read continuously through 6 a.m. on Monday, um, mm -hmm. September 19th. So, again, it is a three-fifths um, scale, and it is very moving. This uh, week, you had another City Hall on the Road. The event was at the Jewish Community Center on Whitehall Road. Uh, how was that, and what's the next stop? Uh, it was a great turnout. We had a number of people who came out. Uh, we had a, an early onslaught there, and then things quieted down a little bit. I think people were uh, voting as well. And again, you know, the, the feedback that we got from people who attended was very positive. The next one that we have is on Tuesday, September 27th. That date has been changed, so uh, mark that on your calendar. Tuesday, September 27th at Pine Hills Elementary School. And uh, there was a story in the news this week about uh, an historic building, a historic church building on North Pearl Street in Arbor Hill, Church of the Holy Innocents. 
could be demolished if an investor isn't found to rehab the structure. You've said the city needs to have a stronger mechanism to ensure that these buildings are being preserved. What would that be? Well, we have the I have the uh, Corporation Council's office looking at this, as well as one of my policy analysts, to see what is happening in other cities and in other places across the country. You know, we just time and time again uh, have these stories, unfortunately, of buildings that are kept idle, that are not kept up, that are not um, provided with the type of protection from weather that they need in order to be sustained. And we need to be more aggressive uh, to ensure that this sort of thing doesn't happen. We have wonderful examples of the reuse of buildings, the former DeWitt Clinton Hotel and the former St. Joseph School, uh, Livingston. So mm-hmm. we, we do have projects that are successful. And I think we just need to have a better understanding. By the time this came across my desk, uh, as an issue, it was really almost already too late. Uh, the owner of that building had been allowed to hold that building for years and years and years and do nothing with it. And so we've got to take a look at what we can do to prevent that from happening. Joining us is Kathy Sheehan, the mayor of Albany. We're taking a look at some uh, issues com- uh, coming up in the news this week. There was a story about luxury student housing Aspen, Albany, a 115-unit apartment building on Washington Avenue, is the city's first privately owned luxury student housing complex. You've said this project will raise the bar in student housing and other neighborhoods in the city. How, how would that happen? Well, because the quality of the housing, the fact that it is uh, you know, a building that is protected, that has a number of amenities. I do think it raises the bar. I I I use the word luxury because it's absolutely nothing <laughs> like the housing well, I that say. I had in college. Well, you couldn't use that word in but, connection with student housing. But you know housing. the the real benefit to uh, Albany. I think there there are two real benefits to Albany. First of all, it's private, so it's on the tax rolls, which is great. And the second thing is the fact that it provides an environment that is safe for students, that is monitored, and I think that it does really create a new type of housing. There is another one that's in the pipeline, and so we hope to see more of this. And it is a great opportunity for us to have that type of growth in our tax base in a city the size of Albany. We don't get that many opportunities, uh, Mm -hmm. and so this is a step in the right direction. And there are always kind of issues between the town and the gown, the colleges and in, in cities and towns. But uh, to put in a, a plug for the college students, apparently both uh, the University at Albany and the College of St. Rose, were, were uh, their students were involved in doing community service projects recently. That's right. We had a big weekend uh, last weekend with days of service at both schools. Uh, St. Rose had over 800 students involved. They worked on 50 projects across Albany, including gardens at the Harriet and Stephen Myers House, which is part of the Underground Railroad. They worked at the Homeless Action Shelter. And then Albany had about 500 volunteers that worked uh, with 15 different organizations. All of them were freshmen or transfer students. They did things like uh, clean and sort books for the Bright Red Bookshelf Project, which is mm-hmm. a literacy program. So they really got an opportunity to work across the city. I had the opportunity to send off the St. Rose student 
students and to meet with a number of the UAlbany students who were doing this work. So it was great to see them out in the community. And when I spoke to the students, I did talk to them about our community, about our city, mm-hmm. about the community that they were joining and the importance that we have a level of respect for one another in that community. And being out there and volunteering and meeting members of the community, I think, does help with that town-gown relationship. The Empire Center was out with a report this week. The Empire Center, a a think tank, they often uh, study spending in government. And they reported that Albany's 337 police officers make an average wage of 82000 a year, to kind of round the figures, uh, by no means near the top of what's paid in the Capital District. Highest paid were officers in Gilderland making ninety. Uh, $4,000, and then Bethlehem, and then Schenectady and Colony, Niskayuna, Saratoga Springs, all making more than police in Albany on average. Cohose, Troy, Rensselaer making less. Uh, what do you make of these rankings? Well, I think that it is important that we tell taxpayers as much as we can about what they are paying for in city government. I think that our police officers do an outstanding job, but we operate in a competitive environment. So there are those sometimes pundits who criticize us for the amount of money that it costs to run the city government. But I think when you see these types of reports and see that, you know, we are not even, you know, at the top or among the top, that we are doing what we can with the resources that we have. And a great shout out to our police department because they are outstanding. And I'd like to think that the work that they do and the opportunities that they have here in Albany are something that uh, moves beyond sort of that tangible, uh, something that you can put a price on. And uh, a shout-out for an event being held this Saturday, 5th Annual Mississippi Day. Why is that being held in Albany? Well, this is the fifth year. You know, it's a recognition. There was a book that was written a number of years ago uh, called The Warmth of Other Suns, and it's about the great migration of people who came up from the south to places west and in the north to get away from Jim Crow racism in the south. And it tells the stories of those journeys. And it was a conversation, I think, that grew out of a discussion of that book that a group of people from the south end said, you know, a lot of people came to Albany from Mississippi, from Mm -hmm. Shibuda and from other places in Mississippi. And we should celebrate that and celebrate that culture that was brought uh, with those families and that still exists even generations later today. later, you know, in in 2016. And so this is a a celebration. It'll be great food, uh, music, and a lot of fun and a lot of reminiscing. And uh, another ongoing story in the news, what's the latest on the repair of the sinkhole? It is coming along. We expect the water restrictions will be lifted. Uh, We hope very soon we're at the short strokes, as they say, of finishing this project. There was unveiling uh, recently of a mosaic on Orange Street in the Sheridan Hollow, a mosaic depicting a wildflower garden full of native weeds, butterflies, honeybees, and honeycombs. I believe it was uh, created by students. Uh, it's the latest uh, street art to adorn a city structure. What do you think? Well, it is beautiful. And I will tell you, people who went to the unveiling of it were just blown away and the sense of community. We did a pop-up event in connection with it, with our police department and bringing a movie. Uh, so it was just a really wonderful, festive time 
and the mosaic is actually stunning. I was able to put a few of the tiles on it, but those tiles were created by students in our school district, and it was then uh, put together with the work of many people from throughout the community. I give a great shout out to all the people on, at that uh, at Orange Street, who really helped to make this possible, and I encourage people to go and take a look at it. You can't look at it and not smile. Another ongoing uh, story we've talked about, uh, diesel fumes at the Port of Albany. Uh, the port plans to hire a firm to study truck traffic in the South End, uh, where residents have demanded that diesel fumes be curbed. You had uh, brought these concerns, apparently, to port officials. Is this a good first step? It is, and I'm happy to say that there was a meeting at the port this past week with members of the community that is impacted by this. The port laid out, uh, DEC was also there, uh, and the port laid out the plans for that study. The community and, and myself, we were able to provide input. Uh, Assemblyman John McDonald was there. So we were able to ask questions and provide input. Some adjustments were made with respect to the scope of the study. And I think that there's a really good understanding on the part of the community activists that were there and representatives that were there about what is going to come next and how this information is going to be communicated. And that's really my approach to leadership. You know, it's about getting the right people in the room who can solve these complex issues, who can listen to one another, address the concerns that exist. And I am looking forward to the results of that study. It'll really give us an understanding of how many trucks along North Pearl Street are going in and out of the port, which is something that the port can fix. And the port would then do an education with those drivers to tell them where they should be entering and exiting the port so that they can, they can stay off of South Pearl Street. Sorry, South Pearl. And... Um, and then also the opportunity for us to then look at other businesses along the port to understand the amount of truck traffic that they're generating. In connection with the Hudson River, uh, there was a pipeline protest recently. More than 50 environmental activists paddled kayaks and canoes to protest a proposed crude oil pipeline, which would uh, run under the river between the ports of Albany and Rensselaer, and then run 170 miles uh, downstate along the state throughway down to New Jersey. What's your opinion on this proposed pipeline? Well, I think as with all of these pipelines that we're seeing across the country, we're very concerned. The Hudson River is pristine. The Hudson River, well, we want it to be pristine. And there's been a tremendous amount of work that's been done to try to recover uh, that and, and bring about recovery in that river. So I certainly understand the activist concerns. Obviously, I'm a huge proponent of getting away from uh, the use of fossil fuels and moving to more sustainable energy. So I'd like to see some other alternative. One more shout out to SUNY Polytechnic. And if you saw this, SUNY Polytechnic Institute jumped to number 18 on the list of regional Northeast universities in the U.S. News and World Report uh, ranking. It was formed in 2014 and it had been at number 122. The stronger the universities in this region are, the stronger the region is. So congratulations to SUNY Poly. That's really great news for uh, that relatively new institution. And, you know, we've known it for years because it was incubated as part of UAlbany, but congratulations to them.